This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thank you for downloading the OUinsider.com podcast. I'm joined by Brandon Drum and Colin Kennedy. We're going to chop it up about the 2021 running back targets for OU. The fallout of Trey Sermon grad transferring to Ohio State. And I nailed the guys down on who they think Oklahoma just must have in this 2021 class. Please rate the podcast, review it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcast. Leave a five-star review. Please share it with your friends, share it with an enemy. We don't care. We just would like you to listen to what we have to say. All right. Let's get into it. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Both Brandon and Colin did what I think was a fascinating thing. They took a look at the 2021 running back situation for Oklahoma. Uh, guys, uh, first of all, thanks for doing this. Uh, Brandon, Colin, how are you guys holding up in quarantine? Uh, I am, go ahead, Colin. <laughs> I'm eating at an alarming rate. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but my snack drawer is taking a beating right now. <laughs> yeah, um... For me, having two kids, it's kind of rough. Um, you have to do a lot of things that you normally wouldn't do, like board games, like games in general, and have to play them at horse all the time just to keep them busy because, you know, they're going more crazy than you. Um, but uh, the one good thing we have is Caden gets to go out twice a week and work with uh, Texas's quarterback, Casey Thompson. So that's always fun. He enjoys it. In case he works his butt off on him, I mean, makes that kid. He comes to dad, it's so hard. <laughs> so, he works me so hard. But he goes, it's the funnest time I've had training because he knows what he's doing. So he's real happy about that. So that's that's not the only thing we do as far as getting outside the house, uh, playing the front yard. But it's, it's getting to the point where people are going to start doing some crazy things here in about two weeks. You just watch. <laughs> There's going to be some weird stuff on the news. Well, uh- I kind of want to. I want to bat that around, uh, Kennedy. What is the most ridiculous thing you have done so far? Like something you would have never thought you would have done two months ago. So I I took some of the golf clubs in my garage and I hollowed out some red solo cups and I made myself a mini golf course <laughs> in my house. <laughs> oh, that's marvelous. It is a blast. My short game is going to be on point when I get out of this thing. But I highly recommend everyone construct their own mini golf course in the house because it is awesome. Uh, Brandon, what about you, man? Um, mine's not as crazy as that. I'm also 
I'm also 36 and have a wife and kids, so I can't really get away with that because <laughs> things will get broken if we did something like that. But um, I I watched the first episode of Scrubs uh, on Wednesday, and by Friday I had watched all nine seasons. Oh man! Yeah, but that, I mean, I literally and there's 24 episodes a season, so. Um, I went to town on it while I was working, sitting on the couch. I normally don't do that, but I, I was bored out of my mind when I wanted to get away from watching or my head into the laptop or my phone. I just sat there and watched that and laughed and didn't really move for about two days. Of course it was raining, so I couldn't do anything else. So I mean, I was kind of between a rock and a hard place there, but yeah, that, that was probably the weirdest thing. Nine seasons of one sitcom. It's funny, though. Let me some Turk and JD. Man, my uh, fraternity brothers called me Chocolate Blair, and I never got it because I I never watched that show. Oh, you need to. Okay. Sky love is what we have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing gay about it. It's awesome, dude. (laughs) Scrubs. Mini golf. I like it. I like it. I like recruiting, too. Uh, You guys... Your 2021 running back piece I thought was really good, especially in light of Travion Henderson choosing to commit to Ohio State last Friday uh, on top of Trey Sermon entering the transfer portal a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. <laughs> okay, Let, let's just start. Let's start there then. Uh, let's start with Trey Sermon and let's start with the dominoes and walk out into how this affects 2021 running back recruiting. Okay, so when I say that, I say that in jest, but I'm also kind of being serious. Like, everybody knew he was going to Ohio State before he even put his name into the portal. And that's because of his relationship with the staff up there previously. He had some sort of relationship with people up at Ohio State before he chose Oklahoma. So I I say that joking, but there there had to have been some previous and I can't get people to deny it that I talked to that there was stuff going on behind the scenes before he put his name in the portal, because that was mighty quick of him to have all that, especially in the lockdown. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And it also was the only place that fit. Now, I mean, I talked to, no, it did. I did. I talked to some people about it and, you know, (laughs) uh, that also led me there. Uh, But I mean, keep going. Cause like he's gone now. And uh, yeah. we didn't expect it. So how, I mean, I already have, I mean, and, and Colin and I have also, he, go ahead. He, he, look, I mean, he, he was in a rock and a hard place anyways. People that are upset about this need to relax because if Oklahoma gets their way and say they somehow get these uh, suspensions reduced to maybe two games or one game, at the start of the season, the first opening game, and then maybe they get to come back by Tennessee because there have been rumblings about that. I mean, we've all heard it. And, I mean, there's there's certain – I'm not saying that people don't – they're going to run and go, well, Brandon reported that. They're going to be like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's been rumors about that bull crap. There's been, I've heard so many different rumors. That is one of the rumors I've heard. So if Oklahoma does get their way and they get a reduced sentence on these suspensions, then – Ramondre Stevenson was going to be your number two back behind Brooks anyways. I mean, that is a given. And then you've got Pledger, 
who's your all-purpose guy. Then you have um, Marcus Major, who is a guy that everybody thinks is going to be a superstar at some point during his time at Oklahoma. We don't know when, but it could be. I mean, obviously, after Brooks and Sir, uh, Stevenson leave, that is probably going to be your dude. You're going to have Pledger, Major, and McGowan as your three top guys in 2021. So, And that's a, that's a really good threesome of running backs, as long as Pledger, because I talked to his cousins and stuff. Uh, when I was sitting in the airport in San Antonio after the uh, uh, San Antonio uh, All-American Combine. And um, they basically told me, they're like, look, as long as he gets some run this year, he's going to stay at Oklahoma because he loves it there. So if he decides to stay and he's a 2021 guy, I mean, you're going to have – there'll be a really good, you know, switch up of Marcus Major, who's a bigger, faster guy, and then you've got this scat back in Pledger. I mean, that would – you know, a change of pace type guy. So, I mean, there's a reason why Sermon left. And it's unfortunate because he looked like he was going to be a star before he stopped getting carries and then he blew his knee out when he finally started getting carries again. So, I mean, it it sucks for Oklahoma in a way, but in another way it kind of frees up stuff because McGowan is another guy, freshman 2020, four-star, top what? He's ranked like 115, 130 in the country, something like that. Um overall player he's people have talked about him being a potential superstar and i've even heard people say literally tell me he's gonna make a guy transfer i had a conversation with a guy that basically knows a bunch of stuff that goes on and he says there's there's guys that say he's gonna make somebody transfer and it looks like he did um I mean, who knows? McGowan could have been ahead of Sermon on the depth row. We don't know. I mean, we don't know the ongoings inside that running back room, you know, and he may have been told, like, look, you might as well go somewhere else because McGowan's going to be in front. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because they don't know how well his knee is going to hold up in 2020 because he blew a bunch of crap out. Like, he had – he did, his knee injury wasn't just your normal, you know, reconstructive ACL. He was in a knee brace longer than anybody I've ever seen in, with an ACL tear. Y'all remember he was on crutches like three months after the fact. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I do. It was really weird. I mean, that that's that's strange after an ACL tear these days. So there was something else going on that we, we probably don't know about. Colin, you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I mean, I just think Brandon could have, did a good job of breaking down what OU situation is. As far <laughs> as Trey Sermon goes, from my perspective, I'm always going to be pro-athlete. In the day and age where coaches can constantly change jobs, and there's so many things in terms of variables that can always be changing, I'm all for a player finding a situation that makes sense for them. Be all in. That's all I ask of these guys. Be all in or find some place that's going to help you be all in. And in my opinion, Ohio State's the perfect fit for Trey Sermon. The offensive structure, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a big fan of what Ryan Day does offensively. His play calling, his schemes, I think it does a great job of highlighting the strength of his offensive skill set. And so as a result, I think Trey Sermon joining a backfield that features Justin Fields, some might say he may be the best quarterback in college football next season. Then you go on down the line of numerous offensive weapons and a offensive line that in large part is basically returning all of its guys. In my opinion, this just makes a ton of sense, especially when you join a team that's very similar to Oklahoma in the fact that they have basically dominated the Big Ten Conference for years upon years now. So I like this move for Trey Sermon. I think it's going to be very exciting to see him back on the field with a very, very good offensive coordinator slash coach still leading his way. And then he joins a very talented squad that has playoff aspirations 
just like the, the team that he left. Hmm. So knowing what the situation might look like for Oklahoma, where people are bullish on Seth McGowan, and I get that, uh, TJ Pledger gives you an opportunity to be really good uh, in the years to come, though we haven't seen a lot of that. And we know Kennedy Brooks, Kennedy Brooks, Ramondre Stevenson will be back later in the year. Still need at least, I say at least, you need two running backs in this 21 class, right? Because you're expecting to get two in 2020, got one. And one of the guys you had your eye on, and Travion Henderson, who was going to take a visit to OU in April, commits to Ohio State. So now is it Kamara Wheaton and LJ Johnson or bust? Because that's the read that I get from each of you guys in your piece. I mean, uh, no, okay. I don't think it's that. I think, okay. I think, I think, I know that they're they're recruiting, um, you know, some other guys as far as twenty twenty one goes. They just there's not a lot of names out there as far as, I mean, they got Prophet Brown. They made his top six. Um, and he's obviously from Monterey Trail, El Grove, California. He's a four-star, but Oklahoma's recruiting him as a DB. They, or at least they were. Hmm. So here's the deal. There's A.J. Green as well on the board with Tulsa Union, at Tulsa Union, who Oklahoma, like we were just talking about with Prophet Brown, to start with was at least recruiting him as a defensive back. DeMarco Murray, according to everything I've heard, I mean, just in the past, this, this probably was three weeks ago, I heard that Oklahoma finally started to come around just a little bit to, you know, the idea of A.J. Green being a running back. Because in their mind, here's the, here's, the, here's what Oklahoma's thinking is. It's okay, let's bring him in as a running back because if he doesn't fit as a running back, he, we can just put him back over there at defensive back. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it'll all work out. So that 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 is kind of how Oklahoma – and I think everybody that is recruiting A.J. Green is looking at this is going, okay – we're going to give he wants to be a running back. He's one of the best athletes in the nation. Come on with it. We'll, we'll let you be a running back. We'll let you do what you, you think you need to do when you first get on campus. But if it doesn't work out, we're going to use your speed elsewhere. Maybe it's in the return game. Maybe it's a defensive back. Maybe it's, you know, uh, I don't know, a variety of different ways, maybe in the slot. There's a lot of different things you can do with an athlete like AJ green. Um, Cause he is, he is, he is a freakish athlete. He's rare. He's got Olympic type speed. So um there this OK preps class, and we can get we're gonna get into this. I know we are in 2021-2022, sets up perfectly for Oklahoma to have a really great run of like top six, top seven type classes in the nation just mm-hmm. because they're both so deep. And when you have that, as long as you offer like they have in 2022 and 2021. You've got a chance to be pretty special as far as your classes go. And I mean, AJ Green could be another notch on the belt for Oklahoma where they get another big time running back from the state of Oklahoma. And usually, if a kid comes from Oklahoma and he plays running back, he turns out pretty good. He usually turns out pretty good. So the odds are pretty good for Oklahoma as long as it works out for him. Colin, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, obviously, Brandon's talking a ton about the OK prep scene and what A.J. Green can do. I think the other thing to take into consideration is the fact that there's probably some still offers to go out in terms of Oklahoma's running back group. Like, for me, I always thought there were a couple of guys in the Texas area that Oklahoma could offer and maybe get in the race in late. I know Brandon Campbell 
just committed to USC. I like him at the running back position. You never know. I mean, send the offer out and see what happens. The other thing you mentioned, uh, RJ, is, is that those guys are bust. I mean, I think that it's incredibly intriguing if there is an ability to land both because from what I've heard from people down in Texas, and as we know, I have a pretty strong connection to the state, it being my home state, I, I hear a ton of talk from various experts or people around the recruiting scene there. And they say, honestly, Kamar Wheaton, LJ Johnson, they're exchangeable. Like either one could be the number one running back in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. That's how strongly people feel about both of these prospects. And so when I think about that, that makes me think not only would that be a huge coup if you land both, but it's also going to make it just that much more difficult. Because if you think we're hearing about it, don't think that these kids are not. And so when you're being told, hey, you could easily be the number one back in a prime state like the state of Texas, these kids are going to want to go and receive the exposure that they deserve. So the, the problem with thinking Johnson and Wheaton are bust is the fact that these kids are probably, as this recruiting process shakes out, are going to be viewed as number one individual backs, whereas Oklahoma will have to go in and hope they can land the two as a duo. There, there's another guy out of um, in Texas, out of uh, out of uh, Hollettsville, Texas. He's a 2021 running back named Jonathan Brooks. He's six foot, six one ish, one eighty five. Got he's long. Like when you watch him play, you watch his film. He's really long. Texas offered him, and I just put a note on the Texas board saying, "Hey, look." This evaluation by the Texas staff is fantastic. Now, the guy wears number 25, and he's a big Texas fan. So, I mean, obviously, he's a Jamal Charles guy. So, you would think Texas is going to get him. He's a guy that I think is probably going to be a four-star. He could probably be a top 247 guy before it's all said and done. If you all go watch his film, it's ridiculous the way his vision is, his length, the way he catches the ball in the backfield. And he when he stops to make a plant, and go, he's going to remind everybody of like a Joe Mix and Jamal Charles. How You know, it's so smooth how they never broke stride when they make a plant and cut. And so decisive, maybe even DeMarco Murray would be another guy you would think of. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Uh, so it, the evaluation that Texas made there was pretty fantastic. But he's another guy I think you're going to start hearing his name pop up quite a bit on the recruiting scene. Uh, Jonathan Brooks from Hallettsville, Texas is another guy. I really do. I love that guy. Love him. Lotus film. He's fantastic. Right on. Uh, let's go to another guy that you were very high on and very early on. Uh, 2021 cornerback commit, Jordan Mooks, all six foot three, 205 pounds of him, gets the offer less than a week ago and uh, takes that offer and turns it into a commitment for OU's fourth, making them number 18 in the country after being 27, which is a big deal because Alabama's still back there at 54. At an unprecedented time in college football, to say the least, uh, mm-hmm. Brandon, what is it about him other than his length and his range? You know the physical attributes that you like so much about the kid. Okay, so I want to touch on your little Alabama deal and why I think that is a problem. It's not. I think we all know Alabama's going to jump up there, but I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to touch on the Mutes question first as a two part answer here. Um, so with Mutes, I think that he is going to be a guy that Oklahoma just throws out there and says, okay, let's see where he fits because he already weighs 205 and he's 6'3", 6'4". You watch his basketball film, you can see his trunk and his build that he's going to put on some weight, right? So he could be a 220-pound nickelback. Here's the crazy part about it is that Oklahoma has two of those guys in the same state. 
you got Kendall Daniels as well that you can just, you know, sign and just go, you know what, we just signed two Isaiah Simmons types. That's basically what those two guys are. They're freakish athletes. Position. And you can groom them to be whatever you want them to be. Play out in space. Teams that get like Iowa State, you can throw a Kendall. If you get Kendall Daniels and Jordan, if you could throw both those guys out there when they go double tight, and you wouldn't have a problem. You would basically just shut that defense, that offense down because that's taken away their biggest two weapons. So, I mean, Oklahoma going after guys like that is what Grinch has wanted this whole time because they can move those guys around like little chess pieces. Just say, you're going to go over here, and you're going to go over here. It's like, I mean, it's, it is, he's a great pickup. He's an underrated pickup. He's a guy that has only played one year of football. So, he really has barely even tapped into one, his knowledge of the game, which he has very little of, and two, his actual physical attributes in football because he doesn't understand it. That you have to have the knowledge to really play the way you need to play because there shouldn't be a lot of thinking going on when it's there. And he does more thinking than he does playing sometimes. And that's not because he's not a good player, it's because he's brand new to it. His I put on Twitter, Charles Tapper, Jalen Redmond. That's exactly what he is, except for he's a defensive back. They were brand new to the game right before they went to college. You saw what Tapper turned into, and you're already seeing what Jalen Redmond's turning into. I mean, it's these are the type of dudes that they, they don't have any bad habits. You know, you get to groom them into what you want them to be because they didn't grow up playing from the time they were 10, building these habits that you have to break when they get them to college, he's not going to have anything. He's going to just be like, I'm an athlete. Put me where you want, coach, and tell me what I have to do, and I'll do it. And those type of guys usually pan out, and they usually turn out pretty well. You were going to touch on the Alabama part of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, So Saban doesn't have Twitter, right? Right. This this is a time of year where in this this time, this pandemic – there was a center red zone said this on our board and I couldn't agree more with it. The, 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 the staffs that are older and are going to struggle with the, the technology, the electronics, the things you have to do to really stay in the recruiting game during this time period, they're going to struggle a bit. You've seen Oklahoma drop three eyes since this happened, right? Well, that's because they're a young staff, they're aggressive and they use the technology to their ability. Now, Obviously, two of those eyes haven't come forth, and we've talked about them on uh, OU Insider. They're both big-name guys, um, one defense, one offense. Um, and there's another guy that could be around the horn here pretty soon that not a lot of people thought would be committing this early that uh, could, you know, he, he's been he's been doing some work behind the scenes for Oklahoma without even committing to Oklahoma so far. Um, and we, we won't, we're not going to, obviously I'm not going to say the name because I haven't even said it on OU Insider. So, um, it's just one of those deals that, and, but I did hint to it on OU Insider. It's just one of those deals where the technology, the things that you do in this time period is going to shape what you do when this thing's over, because the people that are good with the technology are going to be ahead of the game. Alabama is successful when they get face-to-face with Saban. That's when they get their commits. That's when they get these kids to, you know, say, I'm going to be an Alabama criminal because 
he's so good face-to-face communication and he prides himself on that he talks about that all the time he's not big into twitter this technology stuff it's, that's what he has a support staff for but when your head coach is out there doing it like lincoln riley um trying to think Dabo sweeney these other young guys are out there doing this ryan day they're going to be ahead of the game because of that um now am i going to say alabama is not going to have a good recruiting class they're going to have a top 10 class top five class of course but they're going to have to work harder after this is over because of how they do their recruiting does that make sense yeah they do more face-to-face does that make sense what i'm talking about okay this one makes sense uh, Colin, did you want to jump in on any of that? Well, I think it's a great point brought up. I couldn't agree more. This is why you are happy to have a guy like Lincoln Riley in the mix. I mean, he's he's a young, relatable individual that has gone all in on creating a strong social media presence and relationship built via social media or, or the interwebs, what have you. <laughs> It's all about utilizing resources effectively, and Lincoln Riley has done that in his tenure to the full. And so this is why Sooner fans should be incredibly happy, and they should also not take what's happening for granted. I mean, there are programs across the country that would be killing for the kind of recruitment race that Lincoln Riley's putting together, given the circumstances. So I think it's a great point. As far as Jordan Mukes, for me, I, I, I am very – pleased that Oklahoma gets this commitment because it's one they had to have obviously the in-state connections and everything but for me I think one of my biggest concerns about this new defensive staff coming in I felt like the, the system was going to be in place but I've always been a firm believer that at some point focusing too much on stature is going to hurt you you can't build too much of a niche in recruiting all right and if and if you do and it doesn't pan out then you're in a world of hurt the thing is you get a guy like Jordan Mukes, who, again, incredible frame, great length, has a great amount of athleticism. He's exactly what you're looking for if you're Alex Grinch. Now you can develop him into whatever you want to be, like Brandon's saying. But the biggest thing is you can talk about it, but you have to be about it. And I love this pickup because I'm a firm believer that Roy Manning is working wonders in the cornerback position. Now, if there's anyone that can teach this kid how to utilize his frame and talent effectively – in my opinion, it's Roy. And so getting this guy committed, eventually signed, and on campus, this guy is going to eventually become a project. We know he's very raw. We know he has a lot to learn. But at the same time, you get a guy that not only fits exactly what you want, but you know you can bring him in and turn him what you want to be. And so that's why it's so crucial, in my opinion, because you're getting a guy that, number one, fits exactly what you want schematic-wise, fit-wise, but number two, you have a certainty about you that when you bring him in, he's not just going to be another number on the bench. He's going to be that six foot three, six foot four freak that you're hoping he'll eventually become. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I mean, in Oklahoma, he's recruiting Kendall Daniels. Like you touched on this. Okay. Prep stuff. I mean, he's friends with Kendall Daniels and Gentry Williams. So, I mean, he said he hasn't talked to Kendall specifically a whole lot about Oklahoma yet, but he's talked to Ethan Downs. Um, he's talked to Gentry Williams, and um, he's talked to that other non-commit that told him to hurry up and commit to Oklahoma publicly if he was going to do it. So, uh, and he's a big name. So, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny how all this stuff works out 
behind the scenes, but this is in this guy that I'm talking about is not from the state of Oklahoma. So OU fans are going to start their minds are like going crazy around that guy. It's like, oh my God, who is he talking about? We've got to figure out all these hints. You're not going to figure it out. Um, but it, it is. I, I, I love this pickup because he said he's going to be aggressive. It's what he's always wanted to be a sooner. And you know what that means? He's going to be a vocal guy in the class. And this whole time, we're sitting here thinking Ethan Downs, we haven't whole, heard a whole hell of a lot from him publicly. He's recruiting behind the scenes, apparently, from everything I'm told, with a lot of different guys. Um, and him being a top 100 guy, that has clout. He may not be the biggest name, but when you say I'm Ethan Downs and I'm a four-star defensive lineman going to OU and I'm ranked the number 89 player in the country, that holds weight. You know what I mean? That's going to get people's attention. So – Oklahoma's doing a good job. Now, if they can ever get Caleb Williams on board, you watch the dominoes that fall behind that, and it's going to be like none other Oklahoma has seen in a long time. Because even when Rattler committed, it happened. There was a domino. Because remember, you got Stogner, and you got those other guys that come back around and uh, recommit, stuff like that, as far as Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges. But it wasn't boom, 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 boom. It was a steady flow of people coming around and committing this will be really quick after it happens um from everything i'm hearing within the next three months you could have multiple commitments that follow caleb williams once he goes public or if he goes public obviously to oklahoma i say once and if he goes to oklahoma wherever he goes these kids are going to follow uh, my crystal ball is oklahoma so it's pretty obvious what i'm saying last question to, to both of you um <laughs> because this has been really good. Uh, last question to both of you is, short of Caleb Williams, because so I'm taking him off the board, who is the guy that OU wants the most and has to have the most as things stand right now? Damn you, RJ. We talked about this last <laughs> night. <laughs> go ahead, I'll let like you go first. I can lead first. I, I think go I've been it. pretty vocal in my opinion about this guy. Again, I, I look at not only is the kid talented, does he carry weight? Is this someone that fits? But I also look at the fact that, okay, how is your recruiting class going to pan out? How many spots do you have at X position? And so in my opinion, the offensive line in 2021 is going to be so important for the Oklahoma Sooners because, again, they take five guys in 2020. You feel like a lot of those guys currently on roster are going to be around for a little bit. So you probably only have three spots available to you in the 21 class. And so for that reason, I'm going with a guy that when I saw him in person, I turned to Brandon and I said, oh my God, that's an All-American. That's Bryce Foster. This guy is an incredible <laughs> talent. He is an absolute mauler. And he's someone that he's likable. I mean, you go on Twitter, a ton of various recruits are interacting with this guy because not only is he a dominant physical presence and everyone knows who he is, but he's got a good personality to him. And so yeah. For that reason, if you're going to have only three spots available to you at the offensive line position, you better make them count. And in my opinion, Bryce Foster provides that and more when you talk about who you have to bring in up front. Okay, well, yeah, and Oklahoma sits in a very, very good spot with Bryce Foster right now. So um, Steve Wolfong's came out publicly, and then everybody else kind of jumped on with that, if everybody remembers correctly, because he came out and said, I like where he sits yada 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 and then publicly other people started saying oh i hear bryce foster in oklahoma are a thing you know 
and then he's retweeting stuff about it. And like, he's not hiding the fact that OU's his leader. I mean, he's not at all. So, um, having said that, I'm going to go with the in-state guy, Kendall Daniels, because you don't want to lose the number one or number two player. You got Ethan Downs on board. You got Jordan Mukes. You don't want to lose Kendall Daniels. Um, I think he is a guy that not only will he bring other guys from that Tulsa area with him in the 2021 and 2022 classes, I think that he helps solidify some because that begs high school program has about five different dudes coming up. They got an eighth grader coming up. That could be just all world as well um, here pretty soon. And they've got obviously CJ Brown. Um, They've got a plethora of kids coming up that Oklahoma is going to have to take a hard look at here in the near future, uh, whether it be 2022, 2023, 2024 classes, uh, so getting him on board is huge um, along, I just think, just because it's the in-state guy. You've got to have that. And plus, we talk about Isaiah Jordan Mukes being Isaiah Simmons. This guy right here is already Isaiah Simmons to a T. Um, could weigh 230 pounds and still run like the wind. I mean, uh, he, he could be special at any program. And Clemson's after him really hard. So that's got to tell you exactly what – Everybody really thinks of Kendall Daniels right now. Uh, and the, I want to name one more guy real quick that Oklahoma has to have. I think Mario Williams from Plant, Plant City. Uh, yes, sir. Wide receiver wide. You've got to get him. He is the best. I don't care about rankings. He's the best wide receiver I've seen in person, period. Not even close. He is special. I've never seen a kid at six foot jump over six foot three, six four DBs the way he does and he does it so gracefully and effortlessly that it's not fair. And then obviously you add the speed dynamic that he has. He, he has a chance to be one of those guys that when you look back at it, he's, he's in the league and you're going, you saw that as a sophomore, uh, just, he was just dynamic. And plus if he goes, he's got that seven on 17 that OU's offered about six of them in the Florida uh, Braylon, not Braylon Brown, but uh, Brandon Ennis, uh, a couple of other guys, DB-wise, he's close with that Oklahoma, uh, Jaheim uh, Singletary, five-star DB that tweeted out Oklahoma was the one offer he was waiting on, and I saw him in person with a cast, just locked down everybody, 2022 DB, he's about 6'2", 6'3", he's ridiculous, um, and he's a corner, he's got great feet for that size, so uh, I think he's just crucial for the Sunshine State for Oklahoma. And Tuna Michiavelea is a guy that I bet RJ's going to name. Am I right? Oh, man, I'm, I've been riding the Tumise train for like two years. Absolutely. Um, not That's just, why I didn't say him, by the well, way. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's, it's not just because he plays defensive end or even tackle, depending on the scheme you want it. It's his head. Personality. It's his, yeah, mm-hmm. it's his head. He has a tremendous – charisma about him he also has a tremendous leadership quality about him uh i mean he transferred from katie tompkins to img and we'll see how that goes with this uh pandemic him going back home like everybody else but i love how he speaks i love when he speaks that the kiddos listen the way that Mm -hmm. i look at him is the way that many people who knew buki talked about buki when to walks into a room the rest of the kids pay attention to what he says. 
and how he says it and where he goes to work out or doesn't go to work out. I mean, the commanding presence <laughs> of a quarterback at a defensive end is just not something we're used to seeing. And that is before you even get into his otherworldly abilities as a pass rusher. And he didn't get to right. really showcase a whole lot of that at Katie Tompkins because they run a 3-4 that asked him to do a lot more catching. And even in that, he was still getting into the backfield because he was just bull rushing people into running backs and, and into tackles for loss. So, I mean, absolutely. I think if you get to me say, you get so many things. You get that five-star mm-hmm. defensive lineman that OU fans have craved, right? That uh, You also get what I think is a guy that a bunch of other folks would follow in the way that they would follow a quarterback, right? And one of the right. big reasons why the 2019 class was so good is because Spencer Rattler was the second guy in the boat, and everybody got to know, hey, I'm going to play with the number one quarterback in the country, and you looked around, and you saw Theo Weiss, you saw Jaden Hazelwood, you saw Trajan Bridges, you saw Austin Stogner, even as Austin Stogner was the first kiddo in the boat in that class. I think if you can get to me, say, you can really set your defense up for outstanding recruits, which also helps your defense in the long run. And I've said this for years. I will continue to say it until it happens. Any kid that is ranked inside the top 150 is a blue chip, is a four or five star that chooses Oklahoma and plays defense, is doing so out of his good graces right now because you can't show him that you could put him in the NFL in the first round. Until that happens, and it might happen this year. It might happen this year. It's going to happen this year. Yeah, it will happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. if we're and talking if, about any, any position, right? Any position. Any position. Yeah, it'll happen this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's if it's Murray, if it's Gallimore, fine. Right? But until Both then. Both of them should look like they might go late first, mid to late first right now. I think early second. Hey, man, we all thought Cody Ford was a first-round pick. That's true. Everybody does their own fit, whatever it is right. that fits for them. I want to I say something about Tunamiche that I was told when I was down in Orlando. I was talking to the strength and conditioning coach. And uh, Tunamisha was being loud and, and just kind of going at it with uh, uh, J.C. Lantham. Uh, they were they were J.C. Lantham. They were both kind of jawing each other because J.C. Lantham moved from defensive line to the offensive tackle position. Um, and he's really good. He's never done it, but you can tell for very long. But Lantham's got this upside that's just ridiculous because of his footwork and his length and all that stuff. Like he's going to be a really good offensive lineman. But they were going at each other, and I, I turned to the strength and conditioning coach. And I said, "Well, what do you think of those two? He said, "We're trying to get what Tunamiche has in JC, where he has that dog. He brings it out sometimes, but it's not constant with him. It is constant with Tunamiche." And he said, "With Tunamiche, we try to get him to turn it off because it's on 24/7. The night before his birthday was the day that he was out of Orlando." was his birthday right for the under armor camp and the night before that at 10 p.m he's out there working on his hands going at it on the on all their bags and stuff like that as far as like uh, working on the lineman hand placement and the punch and all that stuff and he had to walk over and say dude you need to relax like this you can't do this all the time you've got to have time for yourself when football's done be done with football don't come out here and think you have to do more all the time sometimes but not all the time and he said that's a struggle with him because he wants it so bad. And you can tell by the way his man, like you were talking about RJ, his mannerisms, his head, his personality. That's just who he is. He has the personality for greatness. And I, I really believe if Oklahoma does end up landing this guy, which they have a really good shot with, um, I mean, hey, <laughs> that would be a huge win for Oklahoma. You're definitely right, RJ. 
uh, I'll finish with this. Uh, you know, we talked to, we, we all talk to the kids all the time. Uh, to me say is up late at night, sending me screenshots of watching all 22 film, uh, of, yeah. of NFL defensive linemen, uh, you know, uh, and, and I'm going, this kid is an animal. Like, it's like, I know I should be asleep, but, uh, I'm watching this and, and I'm really getting inspired for what I should do at the next level. And I'm, I mean, you love that. Uh, that is Brandon Drum and Colin Kennedy. They are staff writers at OU Insider, as I am. Brandon is our lead recruiting and team reporter, does an outstanding job with that. He is one of the big reasons for why you should, if you don't already, have a membership at OUinsider.com where you get uh, the privilege of reading the VIP board where we get notes up. As soon as the eyes were popped on Monday night, Brandon had a note up saying, hey, 2021 defensive guy. Just a matter of time. We had it before. We had it before. We said there was good news coming about 20 minutes before the ice pop. And I held on to it, too. That's the bad part. Yeah. I held on to it way too long because I was on the phone with people. And I didn't post it early enough. I was like, And they're like, oh, my God, it just happened. Because I said 24 to 72 hours trying to be really vague about it. But yeah, it happened quicker than I thought. Those eyes came out quicker than I thought they were going to. It was kind of crazy. And Colin Kennedy does an outstanding job with analysis. And, man, he was an animal over the weekend, just story after story after yep. story. Um, I Man, I was impressed, Colin. But I also, more than that, if you want to know about 2021 kiddos, but you also want to know about 2022 kiddos, particularly in the Texas region where Oklahoma has a heavy footprint, Colin is usually way out in front of you. As Steve Wiltfong is getting ready to write a story about Quinn Ewers, Colin Kennedy has three stories already on the site up about Quinn Ewers and has insight into what Salt Lake Carroll is doing and how they're doing it. Colin, uh, you're outstanding, man. Appreciate y'all. Always fun. All right, guys. Yep. Uh, well, uh, we will see you again next week. Uh, follow Brandon on the Twitters at Brandon Drum247. Follow Colin on the Twitters at C Kennedy247 on the Twitters. I have deleted my Twitter account. Thanks for listening, please. Rate and review the podcast. Leave five stars and tell us what you like or what you don't like. We'll try to get it fixed. All right. That's going to do it for us. Deuces.